football podcast called Live in the Stream comes to you each week. Streaming recommendations during NFL season, it's not just tongue and cheek. Quarterback, defense, tight end recommendations based on opposition matchup. Here are your podcast hosts, JJ Zacharyson and Danny Carter, Living the Stream. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Living the Stream. I'm JJ Zacharyson, the late-round quarterback, and as always, I am joined by my very, very owned co-host, Denny Carter. Denny, what's going on, buddy? Uh, I'm not owned. This is this is what I was tweeting about today for about an hour, is the fact that I am actually not owned. You owned yourself by uh, you know broadcasting a, a lengthy video bragging about winning the smoothie bet, but I, I remain unowned online thank god i had a couple people respond to the tweet uh saying that i was putting too much sugar in my smoothie because of the fruits that i named guys it's not about (laughs) the the number of fruits that you put in your smoothie it's about the ratio between uh vegetable you know spinach in my case and the other fruits that are in this particular smoothie you're you are process oriented in every way that's right and you, you, you have to you have achievable. to you have to trust the process uh, when it comes to smoothie making, or else you're gonna have a pretty crappy smoothie. You know what's <laughs> interesting it's with the process thing? Like people listen to my podcast, they listen to this podcast, and they like read my analysis and like all of that. I'm like really with a lot of things in life that aren't necessarily like work or even health related. Let's say like like exercise and stuff. I'm process driven, and you know, and and mm-hmm. like the way that I consume like the smoothies is process driven but like you give me anything that has instructions yeah i don't i don't i, I don't look at instructions you don't this is shocking to i me. hate I, I, would, I hate and i hate instructions i do too i do too but that kind of fits i think my personality a little bit but that 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 really really surprises me i i wanted to backtrack real quick just because not everybody is a broken brain on twitter yeah yeah, yeah. no you're right you're right we we we, we should we talk got about what happened yes. do you want to talk about the video sure you sure know? so this morning i woke up and of course i got my smoothie uh, uh made uh so after i had the smoothie i realized wow we're only like a day away from thanksgiving right now two days away uh and i remembered uh, of course that uh, I'm drinking this smoothie partially because we made a bet in well, like July, I want to say, maybe somewhere yeah. around then, uh, that I, you you thought that I couldn't regularly have smoothies. I think we said it was like four or five times a week. Regu- right. Regularly have smoothies until Thanksgiving because, as you said, it was just a phase, right? Yeah, because all smoothie uh, situations are just phases. That's what I thought. I, I thought judging by my experience with people drinking smoothies that this would fizzle out within i don't know 6 weeks maybe 8 weeks tops but nope 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 well, well there's two things here number 1 uh i i enjoy smoothies like they i they taste very good and i i enjoy consuming them but number 2 i'm competitive as hell so i know if if you're going to say something like that obviously i'm going to to come back and 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 not lose that bet yeah, I mean, if I, if I would have said, you know, you have to go until the next presidential election, sorry to get political, uh, you you would do it. Would. Right. I mean, I, right. I would. So would. as I'm pouring the, the smoothie into my cup, uh, which on the cup it says, um, uh, what was it? Live, every, what, uh, uh, live, in, live, the, every li, li, live in the moment. Live in the moment. Yeah, some some hallmark uh, phrase. Yeah. Yeah, I can't. I don't even know why we have that cup. I can't remember why we got it. <laughs> But I, I poured. It's a great smoothie cup though, because it's big and you can you can just throw it in there. 
So I throw in the smoothie, start drinking my smoothie. I'm like, wow, I am about to win this bet against Denny. So I need to, to taunt Denny. So I go to my office and I sit down, I open my phone, set it down and I play, we are the champions in the background. And I tell Denny that I'm the winner. He's the loser. And it was a great uh, minute, seven seconds of film. It was, it was. And you even had the um, uh, 20 seconds of just looking at the camera and uh, nodding well, your that, head along. Look, look that, was, that was me paying tribute to you, Denny. That, that's a, that's was, a very Denny Carter move, so I had to do it. Right, and exactly. I mean, but it was that was like a, that's like a double own. I will admit, it, it did own me. So that was like a double own because you're you're mimicking uh, the video that I did after I won Apex, right. where where I just stared at the uh, camera and I said, um, uh, I you know I said I'm I I won, and you know, I just looked you know just for like I think like a minute I just looked at the camera. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, no, congratulations on winning the bet. This means, by the way, for those of you who have not kept track, this means that I have to. Uh, drink a, a rather large, not just like a tiny Yeah, and cup, look, but... I'm going to be watching Denny doing this, so yeah. I'm going to make sure. And someone actually asked on Twitter this week if we can get like a video of this happening or something, so Denny might have to work some magic with his phone while the show's going on, but uh, I will make sure that Denny is drinking a very healthy white Russian. Right, a very good size white Russian. And the reason it's a white Russian is because a long time ago, I consumed far too many thinking, oh, God, this tastes like Yoo-Hoo. This is delicious and uh, ended up regretting it uh, in, a, in a very, very bad way. Uh, so I, I've had an aversion even just to the, the mention of white, of white Russians. Um, and, uh, and now I have to drink one. So uh, I, am, I am quadruply owned at this point. Yes, I'm very, very excited for that. Um, but yeah, so to what we were talking about earlier, I'm not a very in my in my ordinary regular life i'm not the most processed person in the world it's really just for things like work and and so and such so okay all right here here's an example so we bought a, a tv because we haven't bought a tv in a decade and ours was looking you know kind of dated so we, we bought a tv the other day and i opened the box and there are these complex directions on how to set up the tv right I immediately tossed them aside Same. and just decided to do do the thing on my own. Now, I probably could have saved time if I looked at the directions, but the directions were not clear to me when I looked at it. So that's why I tossed it aside. Are you so you're this way? I'm the same way. And let me let me tell you something else. Back growing up, I used to play with Legos like it was my job, right? Uh-huh. And I would buy them or my parents would buy them and I wouldn't even want the sets to actually build through through the instructions. I just wanted the pieces to build my own thing. Wow. That's like okay. a, I think that's like the best example of of how I function from a process standpoint when it's not related to like things that maybe maybe it has to do with like things that are so incredibly important to accomplish and and mm-hmm. do you know like you know right. something with work or like you know fantasy football I mean it's my my work now but being being process oriented in certain things to me matters a lot because it 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 you need to repeat that process but if it's a one off thing like. Yeah. Like I'm, I have to hook up this TV. I'm not going to learn this process and how to hook up this TV because that's that's just as much of a waste of time. It sounds like it sounds like you're saying that when something is important to you, you you apply a very strict process. Yeah, maybe that's it. I I I, I don't know. There's just some things I'm very very processed with, and some things I'm not. And then the other thing too, like my past life, I used to do a lot of like graphic design and stuff, which was not you know that's that's a very like 
much more of an artsy thing. Yeah. And yeah. now the way that people, the way that I think people view me on the internet is that like, like when, when I send a tweet and I swear in a tweet, yeah. I get responses yeah. of people being like, Oh my God, you said, you said the F word. People are shocked. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, what the hell guys? Like, what do you, yeah. who do you think I am? Yeah. They're, they're, they're talking about what, how do they explain this to their kids? Yeah. You know, all this stuff. Yeah. I, I, uh, I, yeah, I think people uh, regard fantasy analysts mostly as unfeeling robots uh, there to dispense advice yeah. and and uh, nothing and nothing more. So when you actually show your humanity, uh, which uh, you know, how dare you do that? Um, I, I you get that sort of reaction, and and it's and it's weird, and it's the reason I've lost thousands of followers over yeah. the years. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to be fair, I think that like the dedicated, the people who really like my work, all of that, like they 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 probably know the kind of person that I am. But I think it's like the the fringe people who maybe like haven't really dug into the stuff that I do or listen to the stuff that I, that I, that I put together. They're the people who are like, like this guy is sending chart colorful charts all the time on Twitter. <laughs> and now he's saying shit. Yeah. Like right. what is going on? This is, this is not the right dichotomy. What's going on here? Yeah. And for those of you who don't know about JJ's uh, more artful side, um, he has made at least two book covers for me over oh, yeah, the years. That's true. The, the the cover for how to think like a DFS winner and then um, uh, 69 ways to own the libs and and both of those uh, were just crazy it's a very impressive really artfully done not tacky not over the top but like but also eye catching so I'm not trying to wow you know, Denny. I, yeah I, I, I I'm not I'm not trying to you know blow up your skirt here I'm sorry I don't I don't, I don't know if you said that. I, <laughs> that, was... It, that was the most boomer thing I've ever said in my life. <laughs> But, <laughs> dear God, what have I said? <laughs> oh, we're canceled. People, people we're are, are going to destroy you on Twitter for that. We're canceled. But, but anyway, yeah, JJ does have a ha, have an arty side, uh, and he shows that actually by by wearing um, glasses and drinking a cappuccino during the podcast. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. Well, that's the thing. Like I, like if if you were to like like my relationship, my my wife, for instance, is much more of the processed analytical person in our relationship. Like I, cause I think that everyone, you know, I think that yeah. couples that are yin yang, they, they often make sense. And there's a lot of that. You find that. And she's definitely that for me. Like it's, it's, it's just yeah. interesting. Like she laughs all the time that like people think that I'm like really good at data <laughs> and stuff like that because she's way better than I am at it. <laughs> like objectively, objectively. Right. Right. She could step, she could step in and call next year's Lamar Jackson right now. I think. E- easily, easily. Yeah. Man, Lamar Jackson is a god of fantasy football. Oh, um, he he is the QB one right now by far. But Denny, guess who the QB two is since he became starter for his team? I I'm gonna guess it's Ryan Q Tannehill the third. It is Ryan Tannehill, and he was one of our streamers last week. That that was the one of the best segues I've ever done in my life. That was good. We did good there. That was incredible. Uh, Ryan Tannehill last week. Scored 32.36 fantasy points. Uh, he was a QB1. Actually, three of the four quarterbacks that we mentioned this past week were high-end QB1s because we talked about Baker, if he was still in your league, 23.58. We talked about Sam Darnold, 28.2. And then we talked about Jeff Driscoll as a deep play, and he had about 12 and a half, 13 points. Not 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 the best from uh, from Drisky. <laughs> is, that, is that what we're calling him? I don't know. What's it, what, do, what do people call him? Uh, I don't. I don't think people call him anything. I don't think anybody knows who he is. Baby staff. 
Maybe. <laughs> I just I just want more Detroit beat writers to be pissed off at me. Oh my god. Oh god. If you did that, please please don't. That gave me heartburn. The Babytron thing. I don't know how you dealt with it. It was. Uh, it still happens. People still hit me up. There there are still like articles being written about how Babytron such a bad nickname. Oh god. People hate All it. All right. Uh, speaking of the Lions, we had Detroit as a streamer this past week. They had eight fantasy points. They were fine. Atlanta's defense fell back to earth, and they had three fantasy points. They were a deeper play for us. They were a riskier play. Uh, I thought it was looking great because at the beginning of that game, Jameis threw a pick. Yes. And I'm like, oh, Atlanta's defense yeah. is for real now. And then they yeah. weren't at all. Uh, Cleveland's defense ended up scoring eight, and Tennessee only had six. I thought Tennessee would – I mean – they were a, a higher floor play, but that game ended up shooting out way more than I, I expected it to. Yeah, that was that was a little bit on the devastating side because it looked like Tennessee was on their way to like it's like what we look for. Like a team gets out to a big lead, the defense can just sit back, you know, rush the quarterback, but uh alas, it didn't didn't work out. It seemed like the same thing with the Browns. I think the Browns at one point in that game had like thirteen fantasy points and right. didn't end up that way. Uh at tight end this week, uh or last week rather. Uh, we had Dallas Goddard, who's finally, finally rostered in a lot of leagues. Finally, it's happened. He had 8.2 fantasy points because he fumbled. Uh, Ryan Griffin had 10.3. He found the end zone, thank God. Uh, Noah Fant had 4.4 in a really tough matchup. But he Noah Fant has still seen a 20% target share in every single game since Emmanuel Sanders has left. So The process, the process, the process. Yes. Jacob Hollister, only 4.2. Darren Fells, 3.4. Caden Smith was a late ad. Uh, we we threw him into the under the Patreon page. He had twelve point seven, as was Denny warned me against Ben Watson. Ben Watson didn't do anything because the Patriots <laughs> that whole game was just so ugly from a fantasy perspective. Yeah. Um, ben Watson ran like top five routes in the league last week, but it didn't amount to anything. Uh, pa- Patriots passing game is trash. Tom Brady's Tom Brady is objectively completely average not is he even not, average i i don't know i don't know i mean someone said on twitter some said if you put jimmy g on the patriots do they have the same amount of wins and i think the answer is definitely yes i think it's yes i, I would say that they're but they're they're pretty comparable right now i might even say that jimmy g's had a better season yeah i, I mean his so. weapons are probably better but um yeah i mean it hasn't been it hasn't been a good uh good season for tom brady and if you have tom brady in fantasy then r.i.p Wow, I mean, he's still not even streamable. I looked. People yeah. are still holding out hope. Well, the same, the same goes. I, I was looking at Jared Goff for this week because I, I like, I, I think Jared Goff is undervalued this week. I really oh. do. He's QB uh, seventeen on Fantasy Pros. I think he should be closer to like QB thirteen. And I was looking, and he's still rostered in seventy one percent of Yahoo leagues. That's a lot. Jared Goff hasn't. Did you know that Jared Goff hasn't thrown a touchdown in the United States since week seven? I didn't. I didn't know that. I thought you were going to hit me with the he hasn't. Th- he didn't throw one in November. Which well, which no, that's I true. That one's true. Today. But the but the, that, the last the, the last game that he threw a touchdown in was against Cincinnati in London. What? So he hasn't thrown a touchdown in the United States since week seven. I mean, which right. was against Atlanta, I believe. Is it is it impossible that they start they they go to Bortles at some point? I mean, when they're out of the playoff hunt. Oh, okay. Yeah. I would I would assume so. I mean, it's just that that team that it's it's incredible how the offensive line, especially for that team, has really like changed the way that the entire offense runs. 
is that is that it you think or, or or have they just completely exposed golf as a fraud i think it's a mix of a lot of things i think the offensive line is a big piece it's weird too that they're just like refuse to target running backs out of the backfield yes what what i thought that, that was like part of their thing I, I mean i'm i'm not against it because i faded girly this year but uh yeah i mean it's it's strange they have the lowest they, they've had the lowest target share to running backs all season long it just mm. it hasn't changed so what a what a weird situation. Anyway, let's move on to this week's streamers, Denny. Pretty decent week uh, last week. Um, I'll I'll kick things off with a defense. Actually, no, you kick things off with a defense because you have two of them. I have two. Yes. Uh, can you believe, by the way, that this is week thirteen? I mean, we're we're going into the playoffs next week. I, which I, which, by the way, for, for so so you guys know the update of the Apex League is that Denny and I have both clinched first round buys. Is that is that right? I didn't even know that. Yes, we. I checked. I checked before the show. Um, I got. I think I'm probably gonna end up getting the one seed and then you the two seed. But we both we both clinched the buys. Uh, I will take it. This is LTS domination. And by the way, I think we play against each other in the LTS league for a playoff spot. Well, the week. problem the problem is that the sixth spot is points. It goes to the most points that's not in, and there is. I I believe that there's someone in the league that's gonna lock that up. And so we need someone. I can't remember who. I think it might be Greg. We need someone to lose, and then the winner of ours would get in. Oh man! Oh, so we need the stuff to happen. This is a disaster. If I, I don't think I've ever missed the playoffs in that league. This is a nightmare. My team is. Right. My team is. Tr- I have no idea how I'm like not even. My team's not even bad, but it's it's horrific. I'm starting like four tight ends this week. So <laughs> I, I don't. Think it is. Bad. It is a ridi- It's a ridiculous league. Anyway, all right. Denny, kick things off with the defense. Here we go. Green Bay defense at the Giants. They are available in 75% of leagues. The Packers are six-point road favorites here. No one gives up more adjusted fantasy points to defenses than the Giants. Daniel Jones is only completing 62% of his passes and obviously is likely to face pass-heavy negative game script against Green Bay. Um They've averaged, uh, Green Bay has averaged around seven fantasy points this season in victories. So if you think the Packers will beat the Giants, I think you have a pretty good floor here. Yeah, I like the Packers. And then they also get Washington next week. So if you yes. if you want to pick them up to have a two-week streamer, you can do that. Um, I really like Carolina. I think Carolina is a better streamer than Green Bay this week. Yeah, yeah. Um, Haskins, since he became starter, he's been sacked over four times per game. Washington now, when you include Case Keenum and all of that, and I, that, that's the only other quarterback they've started this year, right? Uh, no, did they, uh, no, no, no Colt, Colt McCoy. McCoy too, yeah. When you include all of their quarterbacks, they're allowing the fourth highest sack rate in football. The Panthers, meanwhile, are nine and a half point home favorites. This is according to FanDuel Sportsbook. I'm, I'm a company man. Uh, the Panthers are at home, nine and a half point favorites, and they have the second highest sack rate in the league defensively. So Dwayne Haskins, I mean, the, the Panthers have had some injuries defensively, but I still think that the over-under sacks for Carolina this week should be set at like five and a half. Hey, we're talking about a sack-based floor. That's what, that, that's, what, that's, what, that's what I'm talking about here, yeah. A sack-based floor. <laughs> love, I love a sack-based floor. All right. Uh, third streamer here is the Philadelphia defense at Miami. This is obvious for many reasons, but I will read through the stuff that I wrote down here. The Eagles are nine-point road favorites available in 59% of leagues. Obviously not yours. Uh, The Dolphins have given up eight fantasy points to opposing defenses in six of their past seven. They've committed multiple turnovers in seven of 11 games this season. 
And the Eagles have the ninth highest sack rate in the league. And Miami has allowed 4.1 sacks per game. That's the most in the NFL. We're talking, folks, about another sack-based floor. We need someone to make an audio of like, like, sa- like saying sack-based floor in like a really yeah. uh, quick. I, I, what, what am I trying to describe here? Uh, well, I mean, we can't. We, you, we don't want to. We wouldn't want it like um, uh, you could do. Yeah, right. Work. Not like that. Not like that. It needs to be like sack-based floor. Like yeah, a, sack like a real like a really intense sack-based floor. Yeah, that's right. Like a, that's like right. A, like a like a '90s commercial. <laughs> like advertising, like um. Like, like like a candy or they're uh, super soakers or something. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. That's 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 the that's the aesthetic we're going for, folks. Yeah, if we could get that, that'd be great. Uh, all right, moving on to quarterbacks. Uh, let's go back to Ryan Tannehill. Uh, like I said, he's been in the QB two in points per game since becoming starter. A lot of that has to do with rushing touchdowns skewing that those numbers. Um, I don't expect it. He has three three rushing touchdowns in five games since becoming starter. That's not going to continue. Um, but. He does have 38, 37, and 40 rushing yards over his last three games. We know that Ryan Tannehill's athletic and that he can bring that element to the game. So it's not that he's going to, even though he's not going to keep up that, that rushing touchdown floor, I actually think that Ryan Tannehill, you know, not just this week's matchup is average. It's uh, Indianapolis has been pretty average when adjusted for strength of opponent against quarterbacks this year, but they have two favorable matchups upcoming after that. So if you are looking into the playoffs, uh, and you need a quarterback streamer. I think Tannehill isn't a bad option. I, I wouldn't be shocked if over the next three weeks, and this isn't even that bold, but over the next three weeks, if Ryan Tannehill is a top 10 quarterback, right? If, if you can just plug him in your lineup, use yeah. him, you're good to go, especially if you don't need him this week because it's the worst of the three matchups. Um, so I, I think Ryan Tannehill's a streamer this week, but also very usable in weeks 14 and 15. Sure. I have Nick Foles. Uh, at home against Tampa, Jacksonville is somehow, I don't understand how, but they are a one-point favorite here with an implied total of 25, which is a lot, and that's that's actually a really good sign for streaming purposes. Only the Cardinals allow more schedule-adjusted points to quarterbacks than the Bucks, who allow 11 yards per completion. That's the seventh worst mark in the league. Uh, here's, here's something that jumped out. Almost 79% of yards gained against Tampa Bay this year have come through the air. That's the most by far in the league. Quarterbacks have managed at least 20 fantasy points against the Bucks in nine of 11 games. Uh, and that that's actually if you kind of I cheated a little bit there, because if you add the production of Matt Ryan and Matt Schaub from last week, you get 20 points. Um, so don't talk to me. Volume has uh, volume has been on full side. He has 47 and 48 attempts in his first two games back from injury. I kind of like him a lot. Yeah, I like Foles this week. The, the matchup's incredible. You gotta, it is. You got to love the matchup. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with a play that I don't even think is a deeper play. Um, our, our one deeper play I'll get to in a sec, but I I actually really like Daniel Jones this week. I, I, I'm, I'm curious about this. Yeah, so Denny and I were talking about Daniel Jones. I liked him more. I forced him onto the show this week. Um, everyone say hello to Daniel. No. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, what i don't even know hey guys it's daniel yeah I, i've never heard him talk so i don't yeah so uh I, I i do like daniel jones the packers are a below average matchup on paper um but they've actually given up 306 passing yards per game over their last seven games uh it's kind of an arbitrary mark but it just is showing you that basically since the start of the season 
They haven't been very good at preventing yards. They haven't given up that many passing touchdowns, which is part of the reason why uh, the numbers look the way they do in fantasy points against and adjusted fantasy points and all of that. Um, that that's I, I don't think they're that tough of a matchup for him. The over-under in this game is 46.5. That's not hateful. Um, and we've seen Daniel Jones uh, bring a lot of upside this year. He has three top two performances this season because of what he can do with his legs. But mm-hmm. then uh, it, we, we have a game that could realistically turn into uh, Green Bay coming jumping out to a big lead early um, and, and, and dominating offensively because the Giants' defense is terrible. Um, and if you hit that negative game script early in the game, then you're constantly trying to play catch-up and you're throwing the ball a lot. Um, and then on top of that, you have Sterling Shepard, who was back this past week for, for Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones wasn't even that bad this past week in Chicago, So, I, from, from a fantasy perspective. So I, I'm okay with Daniel Jones. I think it all sets up to be kind of a sneaky play this week, and I would almost guarantee you that no one in your fantasy league is really on him. Right. I mean, he has to be available in over 90%. Uh, it, so you would play Foles over him? I think Foles is a safer option. I think Daniel Jones might have... Yeah, I mean, yeah, I would play Foles over okay. Daniel Jones. Okay. Yeah, but I would play Daniel Jones over the last guy I'm going to talk about. Okay, yeah, last, well, wait, this is the last guy? Or no, no, the last guy I'm going to bring up. Okay, all right, so I have Sam Darnold at the Bengals. The Jets are three-and-a-half-point favorites with a with an implied total of 22-and-a-half. Again, as JJ said, not hateful. That's what we go for in this show, not hateful. Uh, Darnold has at least 19 fantasy points in four of his seven starts since returning from Mono. And, 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 you know, of those three starts where he doesn't have 19 points, he had negative six against New England. I always want to remind people of that because that is just an amazing number to me. Uh, before last week's debacle against Pittsburgh, the Bengals hadn't held any quarterback to under 19 fantasy points this season. That is a thing. That is a real thing. It's crazy. Um, Darnold is out there in 60% of leagues, so he's not really, you know, widely available like Foles or like uh, Daniel Jones. Um, but I, I like him fine. I mean, it's the Bengals. I think Darnold's the safest option of this week's group, honestly. Yeah, right, right, right. The, the best uh, floor, yeah. probably. I think he's probably just the best value streamer. But I, you can make a case for, for a lot of these guys. Um, the deeper play this week is Mitch Trubisky. I would be playing Daniel Jones over Trubisky. Um, Trubisky, last week, this is what you're really hoping for moving forward. But last week, he had seven rush attempts when his previous high this season was four. You really need that because this game against Detroit has a really low over-under. It's under 40 at this point. Um, but he does have, you know, Mitch Trubisky as a deeper play, he does have two top 10 performances over his last three games, uh, which is crazy because everyone's trashing Trubisky. Um, but from a fantasy perspective, he hasn't been nearly as bad as what his real life looks. I mean, this is what happens when you get like, turnover prone, you know, ugly looking court, not, not, not physically ugly, but on, you know, on the field, Mr. <laughs> Bisky's a decent looking dude. He's fine looking. Yeah, he's fine. Um, I mean, he's no Joe Flacco, but he's fine. No, no. And by the way, everybody thought that that was literally Flacco on the video today on the video. You oh made. yeah. I saw someone say that it was a, uh, that how much did it cost to get Joe Flacco to do a cameo? To do cameo. Yeah. I mean, people really, really think you're, you're Joe Flacco. I think it was yeah. the, the hat, the hat did it. Yeah, I think so. I but yeah, you're like um you're like the new you know how like Flacco's like dark and handsome now with the beard? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's that's you you guys are more similar than ever. It's it's the look. Um but yeah, so Trubisky I think is okay enough, but but I would definitely play the other four quarterbacks over him this week. 
uh, we've talked about a little bit, probably last month, about how Trubisky used to be fun and fine for fantasy when he would do the the thing where he he made one read and then took off for yeah. eight yards like that 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 was good and and if he gets back to that if he has six seven eight maybe even you know double digit rushing attempts then that then that yeah he's legit yeah all right you want to do a speed round with these tight ends again yeah we have so many we, we have so many all right you kick it off and then i'll, I'll go right at boom 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 ready go all right, I said gosh, just you know. Uh, Ryan Griffin at the Bengals. He's still out there in 60% of leagues. He's the tight end 13 overall uh, and didn't get a starting gig really until week six. R- Griffin is the tight end five since that point in the season. He goes against the Cincinnati defense, allowing 13 scheduled adjusted points to tight ends. Almost 20 per- 21% of passing yards against Cincinnati have come via the tight end. I'm going to go with Jaden Graham as a deeper play. Uh, If Austin Hooper is back, I would not be playing Jaden Graham. But Graham actually ran the second most routes of the week last week, according to PFF. He wasn't used very much at all. uh, But there should be another negative game script for Atlanta this week. There's there's a high over-under in that game. That gives him some upside. Obviously, his floor is zero. But I think he's a very, very, very sneaky tight end play. Very sneaky. Uh, we're back to Kyle Rudolph's season, season, as Pete Overzet would say. Uh, he's available in 53% of leagues. He has seen at least five targets in four of the past five games, though Adam Thielen is expected back, which obviously could suppress Rudy's target share. Uh, this game has a 48.5 point total, the fifth highest on the week. 23% of targets versus Seattle go to tight ends. That's the fifth highest rate in the league, and only KC and the Cardinals have allowed more receptions to tight end than Seattle. Mike Gesicki, he has seen a 16.8% target share over his last three games without Preston Williams. He ran more routes last week than any other tight end in the NFL. There's likely going to be a negative game script for Miami, which should lead to a lot of volume, especially if he keeps up that target share. Philadelphia is not an easy matchup, but they're not a really difficult matchup when adjusted for strength of opponent. They're giving up one fewer point per game to tight end groups, so team tight ends, than what those team tight ends have scored season long. So it's not a terrible matchup. Negative game script, a lot of volume for Gasicki. I like him a lot. 20 targets for Gasicki, that's what I say. Jack Doyle against the Titans. He's rostered in 33% of leagues. He now gets the pass-catching role mostly to himself with Eric Ebron out. Ebron and Doyle have combined for 94 targets this season. That's eight and a half uh, targets per game. Uh, Most of those obviously going to Ebron. I think we can reasonably expect something like six or seven targets for Doyle with Ebron out of the lineup. This isn't the best matchup as only 19.4% of targets against Tennessee go to tight ends. But when you adjust for strength of schedule, only six defenses allow more tight end points to, to, I'm sorry, gosh darn, I messed it up. Uh, only six defenses allow more tight end points than the Titans. So Jack Doyle is in play. And if Rhett Ellison and Evan Ingram are out, you can also go to Caden Smith because he ran a lot of routes last week and he actually was a pretty good fantasy option. And by the way, Jaden Graham and Caden Smith, it's like, it's like millennials had children and they're finally growing up and they're, they're now in the NFL. You mean with the names? Yeah. With Jaden and Caden. Jaden. Oh oh, oh, uh, yes, yes, yes. It's very, very millennial uh, parent naming their children that way are you are you ranting against millennials right now no look i i I mean my daughter my daughter's name is avery which is a very like not not (laughs) not like as extreme but you know it's a gender neutral name and all of that oh it is it is i i yeah i kind of forgot about that 
Uh, also, a, a millennial thing is naming your kids uh, after old timey names. Yeah, like, yeah, uh, definitely. Like my daughter's name, Eleanor. Yes, you know, like yes. she sounds like she she's like seventy five years old and smoking a pack of cigarettes <laughs> yeah, while drinking right. coffee. Right. As long as as long as Nancy doesn't make a comeback, I think we're okay. Nancy, man, that was big in the eighties. I really, uh, I just, uh, um, Nancy Twitter is gonna come after me. <laughs> my, my mother's name is Nancy. She's She's a beautiful woman. Yes. Uh, all right. To recap, uh, we have Caden Smith of those guys are still hurt. Jack Doyle, Mike Kosicki, Jaden Graham, Ryan Griffin, Kyle Rudolph, Daniel Jones, Mitch Trubisky, Sam Darnold, Nick Foles, Ryan Tannehill, Carolina defense, Philly defense, and the Green Bay Packers defense. Denny, let's get to Twitter. We have some questions. This first one is from at Dan McAfee, McPhee, sorry, eight. There's no A. It's just McPhee. <laughs> okay. More tilting. When you invest heavily in the Rams offense this season or waiting behind someone at Dunkin' Donuts drive-thru who orders what seems to be breakfast sandwiches for the entire state of New Hampshire. I mean, I would say long-term, it's much more tilting to have a lot of Rams. I have a team with, uh, for some reason, Cooks and Robert Woods and Gerald Everett, and that sucks right now. Yeah, that's that's rough. Um, and it is tilting. Look, I had an experience this, uh, this past weekend. I guess it was on on Saturday, maybe. Um, I went to a Starbucks drive through. I was getting a, a tea and I had Avery in the back and we're driving through and I get, I roll, you know, roll up to the window and they're like, Oh, the person in front of you paid for you. And I'm like, Oh, this is great. I, I got a, I got a chai. Sometimes I treat myself with a chai tea latte. Oh, very fancy. And so I treated my, I was treating myself. So I get this chai and they're, they're like five bucks. Like whenever you, if you get like a venti. And so I, I treating myself and I'm like, okay, I don't have to pay this $5, but you know what? I'm going to pay it forward and, and pay for the people behind. And she's like, that'll, uh, <laughs> she's like, that's going to be $18. Oh, I would, I would absolutely say no. I, I just did it. You did it. I just did it. I did it. Okay. What about, what about a compromise? What if you like gave her like a 10? And was yeah, like, but then but that, that's even worse than not paying for it. Is it, no, I don't yeah, think because then hurt. the people behind you are like, Oh, he was like, he just half-assed this. It's a, it's an eighteen dollar order. What did they order? Eight? They, well, no, they ordered three drinks. That's what they <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's Starbucks. Yeah, they, right. They ordered two, they possibly two drinks. And, and, uh, <laughs> might, have been, might have been a might have been just like a grande and a yeah. and a tall. Honestly. Damn. All right. Well, uh, no. Uh, well, that's good. I mean, good for you, I guess. But like, I mean, my 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 card auto auto reloaded and instantly because it was eighteen dollars. Eighteen dollars. You you pay it. No, man. No, paying it forward is paying like somewhat the equivalent amount that you that you were paid. Right? I, look, look, I I just let it be. Right, I was well. teaching my daughter uh, a good thing that money isn't everything. And I, I moved on. And hopefully those people were appreciative of it. I, I, I would be I would actually probably just start crying if I got to the window <laughs> and they were like, that'll be 1827. But the guy in front of you. Just paid for it, and, yeah, and he like, also like, he also paid off the rest of your car. Right, 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 and and next month's mortgage. So congratulations. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, yeah. What else are you going to pay forward here, JJ? You you've you've uh, created a dangerous precedent. I'm going to say that it's all because of the, of the patrons. Yeah, well, you did pay. Yeah, right. I mean, I bought the Patreon copter. You pay forward for eighteen bucks. Right, right. Starbucks, yeah. Right. 
Next question is from at floor guitar. Where do you guys see Lamar's ADP and redraft next year? The guys in my league who tend to jump on quarterback early also uh, still think he's a glorified running back. That's funny. Um, I think Lamar Jackson's going to be probably a fringe first rounder. Yeah, I would say that you're in more casual leagues. You'll see him go in the first five to eight picks and in maybe more season leagues, you'll see him go in the second, maybe the second round, third round, maybe. So I actually like, I I have a lot of time to develop this take because we're not even close to the start of the 2020 season. Um, But I actually think that there's a, a decent argument to make that he's officially the one quarterback who does it, who it, it makes some sense to draft early. He's the, he's the one he's Neo. Yeah. And the, the main reason with Patrick Mahomes, uh, for instance, obviously Patrick Mahomes might be the most talented quarterback ever. There's a chance that that, ha- that that's the case, right? For sure. For and sure. so, and so he would hypothetically break this early round quarterback mold. But the difference is that we're looking at regression from a passing standpoint, um, and and we know that what breaks fantasy football is what people do with their with running with their yeah, legs. That's right. I just that's don't want. Right. I just I try not to say with their legs because people I, tilt over that apparently. Right, right, right. No, you're right though. Yeah, I mean it's the it's the rushing, and Mahomes does not have that. Yeah, and I think that Lamar Jackson, realistically, year over year for the next two to three years, let's say, uh, could maintain what he's. I mean he. He did last year to this year running the ball and, and doing it as effectively as he's doing it. The difference is that, yes, there's going to be some some touchdown regression. He has an 8% touchdown rate right now. But, you know, the the fact that he's – the difference is that he is so far ahead. Yeah. Like, it's not – we're not talking about, oh, Lamar Jackson's giving you a, a two-point edge over the rest of the position. Now he's going to be a first-rounder next year. Yeah, then he'd be way overdrafted. We're talking like an eight-point edge, Right. We're talking like an insane edge from a VBD standpoint, which of course I have my issues with VBD, but there's such an edge where there is room for error with right. Lamar Jackson, room for regression from a passing standpoint. So as long as he w- as long as he's able to maintain what he can do on the ground, Lamar Jackson's going to be able to do this to a degree year in and year out, and that's why I think that that it's not that insane, as crazy as that sounds coming from me. Yeah, no, I I, um, I think I saw Rich Rebar say a similar thing on on Twitter maybe today or yesterday where he was making a, a similar point and and you know if hey if Rich is saying it and you're saying it I I trust it 100 percent by the way uh, VBD for those who don't know is value based drafting and that's uh, that's what dominated the fantasy industry for many many years and what JJ pushed back against in his late round quarterback book. But it, it is, I think it's actually um, kind of amazing to hear you acknowledge and talk up the quarterback who could possibly break the late round quarterback uh, approach. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think that this is, I, we've been waiting for something like this to happen and I, it needs, it needed to happen because the, the position has been so broken in fantasy and it still is broken. I mean, if you don't get Lamar Jackson, you're going to wait forever, right? Like there's, right. there is no point on getting a quarterback even in the mid rounds, but, right. um, but yeah, I mean, like I, I, I do think that he makes sense. There's a lot of logic to, uh, to that. And not only that, but I haven't, again, I haven't really dug in and, and studied this enough. Um, but this year's first round for in early rounds, uh, I would assume there's a lot less correlation in terms of, preseason ADP to postseason result compared to other years. Uh, so we could be looking at a less predictable 
field in general. Maybe that has, maybe that's just random, but maybe it has to do with the evolving NFL and the way wide receivers are being used and the way that running backs are being used. So like, you know, opportunity cost is the, the main thing that you have to worry about during your draft. But if the opportunity cost is then lowered on top of Lamar Jackson being as good as he is, it, it, it becomes very, very interesting. And, and it makes a little bit more sense. You know, I'm not someone who's ever going to draft him in the first round, but if you're in like the late second or something and he's there, I think it's, it's not unreasonable to think that Lamar Jackson be, could be selected there. He'll be the first overall pick in every super super flex league in America. Yes, year. yes. Even though it's, it should definitely still be Christian McCaffrey. Uh, all right, next question. At Bethany L. Peters, I'm going to get a dog this weekend. Denny's already cringing. Oh, God. What are the best girl and boy fantasy-related names that you can come up with? So it's it's tough to come up with names on the spot like that. But the reason I brought this up is because at Didymus responded with Derek Terrier. Oh, that's good. It's so good. And then you can and then you can get the you can shave the dog's head like Derek Carrier's haircut. <laughs> Don't do that to the poor dog. <laughs> just imagine a dog going around with just a, a bald top of the head and yeah. then hair coming out the sides. I mean I guess he wouldn't know otherwise, you know, wouldn't know better, but but uh that is a I I, I could probably sit here for twenty minutes and not come up with a better name. So let's let's go with care what is it? De- <laughs> Derek Terrier. Derek Terrier. It's so, so good. good. It's such a good name. Next question at Bubsauce 18. In the NFL, players will swap jerseys at the end of each game to stay on hashtag brand. At the end of each pod, after finishing the recording, what do you two do to stay on brand? Is it continuous conversation? Awkward goodbyes? Um, well, we trade shirts, so I I give <laughs> uh, I give JJ my uh, my my t-shirt with uh, pit stains and he gives me his, <laughs> no, I give no. him my, I give him my boxers that are just filled with swamp ass. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, so it's lovely. Uh, we, well, let's see. We usually talk for approximately 30 seconds after the podcast. Yeah. I'd say 30. Some, sometimes there are longer conversations that have nothing to do. That's literally about like life. Like we ask questions about each other's kids. If like one of them's sick or something like that. Well, it used to be, uh, if I remember correctly, before we were married or before we had kids, we would sit there for half an hour. Yeah. Talk. Right. Right. But yeah. <laughs> that's not happening. Yeah. Now it's so, different. Yeah. So it's, it's mostly, I mean, look, we want to get the pot out to the people and, you know, we finish a eight, eight thirty, you know, and, and so JJ wants to get it wrapped up, edited. So it's, it's real quick afterward. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a quick com- But the thing is too, Denny and I are chatting and such like every day. Like not just even days before the podcast, but we talk about shit. Sorry to the kids, literally like all the time. So it's not like we haven't caught. Like we don't need to catch up every week whenever we're done yeah. talking on the podcast. That's right. That's right. Next question at CD Carter sixty nine. How are you preparing for your drunk uncle's Lamar Jackson MVP takes? Should Arby's be at the ready? Well, what's interesting is uh, we're going to uh, we're going up into your neck of the woods, Denny, for Thanksgiving. That's right. Um, and we're, we're going to high five on the way. Yeah. 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 We're going to high five on, on the highway. Um, and my arm's going to fall off, but <laughs> my, my wife's uncle lives up there and they're huge Ravens fans. You want to know what's crazy? Like this is the, the insane transformation that's got my 18 year old JJ would hate 31 year old JJ. Sure. I love the Ravens. I, I, I am a Ravens fan. I love the Ravens. I want them to win this. I want them to win every Super Bowl with Lamar Jackson. <laughs> and you, you were, you were disgusted by the Ravens for your entire life. I, I, I would, 
almost rather see the Ravens lose at one point in my life than the Steelers win. Sure, sure. It was it was that bad. Like, it was that ridiculous. And now I'm sitting here, and it's such a likable team. Like, they're just very, oh. very likable. So the young, energetic, like, you know, best quarterback you've ever seen. That's how, I mean, the the co- and the and the coaching. How good is the, the coaching? Harbaugh's amazing. And then Harbaugh. Greg, Greg Roman's a god. It's, a, it's an unbelievable the, team. Talking about the one, Har- John Harbaugh ended up as the one. Yeah. I don't know how. I don't know how this happened. He used to be <laughs> a high-T, you know, uh, alpha male coach. And now he's over there with his little – uh, I you know eyeglasses. Yeah, on the what side. about that look? That look. He he's playing into he's playing into the low T uh, uh, type. Yeah, yeah, and he's like he's like oh we're gonna follow the analytics here and go for it on fourth and three. Yeah, you know I mean up by thirty whatever. I'm like oh my god this guy is my hero. Um, you know John Harbaugh's my dad now. <laughs> it's, it's really it's really an unbelievable turnaround and it's so hard not to like them. And Lamar Jackson is is um, unreal. Like his his interviews are amazing. Super, he just seems like a genuinely humble dude. And the team itself is just fun. And the way that they like act on the sidelines is like I Mark Ingram's hilarious on the sidelines, and he's hilarious in his in his pressers and stuff. Like the whole team, like I I want them to win a Super Bowl. Yeah, I um I try not to think about a Lamar Jackson injury, but it crosses my mind sometimes, and it makes me super sad just preemptively. <laughs> yeah. Right. Last night, the, the the Monday night game, they they played him two drives too long last night. I, I agree. I, I was actually getting a little nervous because the Rams obviously were pissed after you know getting their faces smashed into the ground the whole game. And you you know what defensive players do when they're pissed. Yeah, exactly. I, I and, and everyone who had Lamar Jackson got their fantasy points that they needed already. Like they didn't need to. They, they didn't need another touchdown pass. I was down by over 30 in my home league, and I ended up winning because of Lamar Jackson. Oh, are you kidding me? It was it was un, un I actually so I had Lamar Jackson and Mark Andrews, and I was down by 32, and I I won, and I not only won, but I won by 10. Oh my god! It's a half crazy. PPR league. It's just insane. I, and then Mark Andrews didn't even score a touchdown. My my wife's cousin texted me and was like. Yo, I have Lamar. I'm down 13. You think I win? I just, I just, I just texted back the shrug emoji. <laughs> like, and he was like, what, he was like, what does that mean? I was like, he's going to score 13 points in the first drive. No <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, it's just so good. It's so good. I love that team. Uh, next question at Jake break baller. JJ, do you have issues with bad breath after drinking smoothies? I am also a smoothie lover, but brushing my teeth doesn't seem to solve the issue. Any tips? Help, please. I don't want to quit my smoothie love. I, I haven't run into that problem, but I mean, I, is it easy to tell if you have bad breath, like your own bad breath? I mean, you sometimes you could taste it, but I, I, I actually have trouble uh, knowing whether my breath is bad. I, I have to have my wife tell me. Yeah, sometimes it's it's a, it's not an easy. You know, sometimes you can definitely tell. Like I haven't like it's been a minute since I brushed my teeth because I've been busy like doing something with my kid or something like that this morning. Right. But uh, yeah, I mean, like I feel like if you can tell that something, maybe you have like a rotten tooth or something. <laughs> I mean, uh, are, are we are we flossing? Are we are we going by big floss and flossing uh, twice a day? Yeah, uh, I, look, I, I don't understand why smoothies would would cause bad breath. Yeah. Well, I. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't. Know. Can I ask you something about smoothies for real? Like, for, like we answer for real, for real. Okay, I'm, this is a completely one hundred right. moment. Yeah, I need to know. Uh, do they fill you up? Are you 
satiated. So here's the thing. Do you know what started the smoothie thing? Did I talk about this? I think I, I've, think I talked so. about it. Yeah, I think how I went from I was intermittent fasting. Yes. And, and then I, I have some a little bit of reflux issues and I couldn't do the intermittent fasting because I would eat too much in my feeding periods and then it just kind of screwed things up. So I was like, I need something to at least just like kick, to kick off my stomach essentially, right? So I wanted to go with an option that I know that I could control the amount of calories that were going in that wouldn't be high calorie, that would be healthy to a degree, all of that. So I went to smoothies. And so when I went from no breakfast to some breakfast, it was more filling than going from a lot of breakfast to a smoothie. So okay. I think going from that perspective helped me not care that I'm not getting... Because no, you don't get that filled up. There's studies that have been done that show that people who add smoothies to their uh, to their eating and to right. their to their daily schedule, when they just add the smoothies, they gain weight. It's not a good thing. You need to, you need to use it as a meal replacement because they're, they're, when you when you drink things, you're not as full after you consume them. Okay, okay, yeah. I, I just I just remember like when my wife was had her phase. Her attorney would call me and say, you know, uh, you know, she's not, she's, she's, she's hungry. And it was like 10 a.m. So I, right. I, I was wondering. All right. Next question. At Polished Tweeter, which streaming quarterback is going to help the people win their fantasy championship? We're talking weeks 13 through 16. So look, there, there's, I, I don't think that there's just going to be a plug and play guy necessarily who's definitely going to win a fantasy championship, but there are definitely two week spans here and there, like a, uh, you could look at, at Ryan Tannehill, like I talked about in weeks 14 and 15. Um, and if Jameis Winston's still out there, he has a good f- 15 and 16, for instance. Um, but I don't know if there's one guy. I mean, Nick Foles has a good 15 and 16 as well. Um, but I don't know if there's going to be one who's 13 to 16. I guess Tannehill would be that guy hypothetically, but it's hard to say that, that he's going to be a league winner. I, yeah, um, I, I posted actually on the Patreon page, and everybody should become a page, page, patron to support our mediocre podcast. But I posted a good tight end and defensive, and I think I, inco- I include a quarterback, maybe not uh, streamers for the for the fantasy playoffs. I can update that now that we have a little more data from Week Twelve. I just want to say real quick that I'm I'm looking right now on my phone for questions from our Facebook page, our Living the Stream Facebook page, and I am not seeing the. I don't think the post was put up today about uh, giving me questions. So uh, the Facebook folks, if you want to get those in and I can answer them on the next podcast, please do so. Next question at Troy likes stuff. Do you guys partake in the black Friday craziness? And if so, any good stories? And he says, I once stood in line starting at 4am for a flat screen TV and ate five (laughs) And ate five free Luna bars in line. <laughs> when I came home with the TV and extra Luna bars, my wife told me, "Quote: Those are for girls." Oh, oh, come on! A very, a very low team move for Troy here. Yeah, I mean, testosterone is plummeting at the, as we speak. Uh, I've, I have never, ever done the Black Friday thing. I'm horrified by it on every possible level. Uh, and here's the thing: they have Black Friday sales starting like a week before. I I went to Best Buy yesterday and had and got a Black Friday sale on a new TV. Guess what, folks? It was Monday. Yeah, I feel like eventually it's just going to be Black Friday in the middle of September. 
I think, yes. I mean, I think that that is where we are trending. But, I mean, is there anything really more disturbing than seeing, like, like footage out of Michigan today as as shoppers trample no. each other uh, to get, you know, free TVs or free iPads or whatever uh, at the local Walmart? And, and, you know, the cops are there and the, and, the, and the ambulances are pulling up and they're helping kids out of piles. This is just, <laughs> just horrific human behavior. I mean, if you ever want to just – really uh, uh, have no hope in humanity, you go to a Black Friday sale. That's... Why is it, though, going back to the, the Black Friday thing being extended, essentially, to not just being on Friday, I remember growing up that it was like, oh, you can get it on Thursday evening or something. You know, like it, yeah. But why, why are themed things always being extended, right? Pumpkin season, uh, October beer season, yeah. uh, Christmas it- coming out in middle of October, everything gets extended. Eventually the whole calendar year is just going to be a celebration of everything of everything. And, and that me, and therefore these celebrations are meaningless. That's right. The whole, exactly. Forever. Exactly. And, the whole point is because you only have it once a year. And it's fun to sell to me. It's fun to do the Christmas thing, whatever that may be for like four weeks, three weeks, whatever. That's cool to me. Anyway, forget about Christmas. What about <laughs> stuff like, what about stuff like, president's day sale that goes i don't know until march and <laughs> yeah. you're like president's day was four weeks ago and you're still having you're still you're still celebrating and every time i turn on the tv there's a car commercial with your president's day sale and just stop just it should be one day a great idea for anyone who has a retail store maybe there's a couple people that listen to this that own a shop you should do like a like a St. Patrick's Day deal in in July. Yeah. Well, just completely do... completely make fun of it all. It'll grab people's attention and just mock it all. Um in in Ellicott City, Maryland, have you ever been there or heard of it? Isn't that the place that was was that where it was flooded? Yes, twice yeah, actually. Yeah. It was really terrible. But the uh yeah, so they they have a Christmas in July. Yeah. thing where the whole town uh, gets you lo- looks like it's uh, December twenty fourth. You know, it looks like a Christmas Eve uh, in the middle of July. It's like uh, it's 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 a it's a total nightmare as far as uh, you know extending celebrations. It, it's it's actually disorienting to to be in like shorts and a t shirt <laughs> and um and and have that. I guess it's like you know people on the West Coast. Yeah, people love people love Christmas in July stuff. Yeah, it's they really do. It's ridiculous. Next question at Sad Melander. Besides spending time with your family, the food, and having to watch the Lions, what's the worst part of Thanksgiving? I mean, the food's not good. The food is good. Oh. The food's Come good. On. No, I, you know, I mean. This what, is what, it's what, such a ridiculous. It's not even what, a contrarian take anymore no. by all these people who said the food on Thanksgiving is bad. The food on Thanksgiving is delicious. If you're I eating, just, if you're, if you don't, Denny, I'm interrupting you every single time you talk for the rest of the show. If you're saying that the food sucks, then the people who are making that food suck. So I'm sorry, Denny's mom, Denny's mother-in-law, whoever's making this stuff. And I know that I just stereotyped, gender stereotyped, and no, I feel terrible right. for it. <laughs> no, you're, you're right about that. And no, no guy in my family has ever lifted a finger to help. <laughs> yes, that's that's exactly. I mean, look, I know, I know what boomers are like. So, so, so to, to, all the, like, to all the people who don't like Thanksgiving food – you're not getting good Thanksgiving food. And I, I hate to be that guy because we make fun of that guy all the time on the show, but you haven't had a good Thanksgiving meal. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Dude, <laughs> the, the turkey's terrible. 
It's not terrible. It's delicious. It's bad. That's bad. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Look, it brings me no joy to report this, but turkey's bad. <laughs> <laughs> My gosh. You guys are the worst. Uh, next question. At get the hammer GLV. I'm at the hospital. <laughs> I'm at the hospital waiting for my child to be born. It's boring AF. What should I do? I, t- I told this person to go read my kicker column. I, I <laughs> and, but also, also may, maybe find some perspective. I don't know. It's like a. It, it's sort of like a uh, being in an amusement park and just waiting in line for a ride. And then once the ride hits, you're like, oh my god, this is insane. That's exactly what's going on right now. <laughs> That is really accurate. Yeah, because it is a boring. I mean, like, especially if, if I mean, if she's in labor for a while, then it's gonna be a a boring situation for you, relatively. Oh my God. JJ, we can never talk about childbirth being boring. You no, look, the actual when when things get more intense, it's a lot less boring. <laughs> the, one of the funniest things I've ever seen is someone changed their um, Twitter name, not their handle, but their their display name, to. Childbirth is actually easy. (laughs) (laughs) What? I don't know. It just made me laugh so hard (laughs) because it's like the most guy thing to ever say. (laughs) Childbirth is actually easy. (laughs) What a ridiculous thing. Anyway, all right. Next question. Uh, at Evan underscore a underscore Parker, if you were forced to enter an eating contest, what food would you pick and why? Mm, that's a good question. That is a good question. I'd crush some French fries. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I guess, I, I guess just to appease, uh, the, the stick, I'll go with corn. Yeah, I knew you were going to go with corn. I, I knew you were going to go with corn. I can't eat, I can't eat some corn. Actually, oh. no, my, mine is bananas. I, I, I could eat bananas all day, every day, constantly. This is very, this is a very weird thing. I did not see that coming. Wow. Dude, bananas are the great, I actually, before the show, as like a, like a, like a, kind of like a dessert type, you know, just like getting a different type of taste in your mouth after you eat dinner. Uh-huh. I had a, I had a banana and had a little, put a little peanut butter on it. And I I told my wife, I was like, this might be my like favorite thing to eat on this planet. Wow. This Uh, is, this is, wow. Banana with peanut butter. It it is really good. It's so good. No, it is. It is unbelievably good. Um, But bananas are incredible though, because it's, you just go and pick it up and it's not like horrible for you and you can just eat one real quick. Don't go overboard with bananas, but I I could eat. I, I was always a banana guy. Let's just say that. I just always, always had bananas. I had banana smoothies growing up. That's what my mom used to make me. All about bananas. More and more people are saying you're a banana guy. (laughs) (laughs) We've had we've had a lot of phrases on this show that we definitely regret saying. Yeah. Oh god, this is a debacle of a show. Uh, (laughs) I I feel like I could eat like like maybe like four hundred shrimp. Is you wanna, you, hey, you want to know a secret that I haven't, well, not really a secret, but I haven't brought it up on the show before? <laughs> when I was really young, I ate shellfish, I ate shrimp, and I got hives, okay? Oh, okay. My mom is like, you're allergic to shellfish. What my entire life not eating shellfish, I uh-huh. still have never eaten shrimp in my life. Oh, no, really? Never, I'm just, it's not even like, I, I, at this point, I'm like, what's even the point? I, I Well, yeah, I mean, I... I would not do that either, but I just I just feel bad. Shrimp are really good. But I've had I've had crab and I've had lobster because I I, was, be, be, I know it's all in the same family and such. But I I like I had yeah. Maryland crab once because I 
I did go to an allergist once and they did the shots, you know, on like your arm to see, and I wasn't yeah. allergic to anything. Oh. And the next step was for me to go into the office and actually sit there and eat shrimp. But I, I was in college when all this was going on and I, you know, like you're in college, you don't want to do any of this kind of stuff. So I never went back. I never sat there. So if any of you are allergists, I'd like to talk about this. So wait, they were going <laughs> to... I was gonna go gonna... to a, I was gonna go to the doctor to eat shrimp. It's eat shrimp. It's like a, it's like a Tim and Eric skit. This is this is this is so bizarre to me. I, I, what's going on in, with this show? Um, by the way, it's spice shrimp. The cold shrimp is absolute garbage. Get that out of here, honestly. Uh, it's spice shrimp. But yeah, I think I think I could compete on with, with spice shrimp. This last question is from at r four mate. Are you aware that there is a Canadian Thanksgiving that was last month? I think we're both aware of this, okay? Uh, I, I'm not. I, I love America. <laughs> Pick out the Canadian lie below. Number one, ham is often served instead of turkey. Number two, we watched the traditional CFL matchup between both teams named Rough Riders. Number three, our T per capita is higher than America. <laughs> Wow, uh, I, I, well, I actually don't know. Uh, I'm assuming it's three, because there's no way that their T per capita per capita is higher than America. Wait a second, you're talking about all these flannel wearing folks out in like the hinterlands of Canada, like it, where where the sun goes down at four o'clock every day for the whole year, and the and it's and it's twenty degrees. Denny, I'm I'm gonna get political for a second, but have okay. you seen who our president is? I, I have, I have, and wow, that is you are you are venturing, yes, you are venturing it, yes, and they and they do they do have a lib president in uh, in Canada, so uh, or yeah, I mean, look, like they're 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 lower T than than Americans are. I don't know. I think I think there are enough bearded dudes up in Canada that you know the chopping wood. I don't know what what do Canadians do. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they shovel snow they, they eat poutine i don't i don't really i don't know <laughs> yeah I just, let me know let us know what canadians do <clears throat> i i don't i've never met one they play hockey I, I, I know i know sal i do know sal yeah there's so i know some canadians so apparently the rough riders thing is real though that there's it there's is? two two teams named the rough riders i believe I, I don't know enough about the story and why it's the case but i think that that's true that's wild yeah, could you imagine the Packers playing against the Packers? What is this? It's, it's a very Canadian thing, though, because the, they because Canadians wouldn't they wouldn't push back, right? They'd be, oh yeah, this is fine. It's, uh, yeah, it's cool. Right. They're, they're the same name, no big deal. I prefer you didn't name the same name, but but yeah, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So it makes sense. Uh, but that's gonna do it, Denny. That's it for the show. All right, all right. Well, we'll we'll stop with typical Canadian appeasement. Uh, uh, why don't you let everyone know where they can find you? It's at CD Carter 13 on Twitter. And my kicker column is up on the Patreon page. Become a patron and read about my experience on Thanksgiving 1993. I am on Twitter at late round QB. You can also subscribe and follow my other podcast, the late round podcast, anywhere podcasts can be found. Denny, do we have a, we do have a tilt montage this week, right? We do. And it is extremely tilted. Thanks for listening, everyone. We will talk to you next week. It's uh, 1.14 p.m. in the only legitimate time zone in the galaxy, the Eastern time zone. And uh, 
I feel like JJ's Baker Mayfield prediction of five touchdown passes today versus Miami is in play. It's in play, folks. Uh, five minutes approximately into the Cleveland game, Mayfield has a touchdown. Of course, it's not to OBJ. It is to Jarvis Landry because the narrative, the narrative has hit, and it's hit hard. Love when the narrative hits because that really reinforces all the narrative truthers on ye old Twitter timeline. <clears throat> Those people are always fun fun to deal with. So yeah, JJ's wildly hot take is it, it's in play, and I'm I'm rooting for it. I'm rooting for it because here's the thing, folks. Here's the thing. I am horrifically overexposed to Baker Mayfield. In every way, DFS, well, I guess two ways, DFS and uh, redraft leagues, Um, because in best ball, I didn't take him at all, because his ADP was, uh, I thought, I thought pretty laughable, so I didn't take him in best ball, but yeah, I have him a lot in redraft, so here's the hoping that, you know, JJ knows what he's talking about. It's hard to say if JJ knows what he's talking about. After doing a podcast with him for six years, I still don't know. I still don't know. But he makes good poop jokes, so I'll stick with him. I'm tilting. It's uh, 1.19 p.m. Eastern Time Zone, and Demarius Thomas just scored a touchdown. I, I didn't think that I would live long enough to see Demarius Thomas look like Antonio Gates' latter-day Antonio Gates running toward the end zone. We used to joke back on Twitter in the day, wow, Carson Wentz just had the worst throw I've ever seen. Uh, an attempted screen to Miles Sanders. He overthrew him by uh, 11 yards. That's uh, unfortunate. So getting back to Demarius Thomas, he actually looks like he's running on glass. That's the joke we used to make about Antonio Gates was that he appeared to be running on broken, on shattered glass. And Demarius Thomas is at that age where he's now doing the same, and I feel approximately 69 years old. I'm tilting. 121 Eastern Time, and Dwayne Haskins just missed Terry McLaurin third in the end zone. Why do, not a defender within six yards of him? It was a pitch and a catch. And Dwayne Haskins could not execute the pitch so that McLaurin could execute the catch. He couldn't do it. He couldn't hit a a wide-open receiver, his best receiver, in the end zone. He couldn't, he couldn't do it. He could not. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Whew. That was... Uh, I actually stopped looking at the screen because I saw that McLaurin was that wide open, and I thought, well, you know, no professional quarterback could ever miss that throw. So, oh, and I, now I see that the Demarius Thomas uh, touchdown was taken off the board. So all that, all that dad running for nothing for DT. I am tilting. Ah, one thirty-two p.m. Eastern Time, and uh, Mason Rudolph just threw a horrific pick near the end zone against one of the worst defenses in the NFL. Of course, the Bengals. And it reminded me of something uh, a friend of mine said, who is a steel, lifelong Steelers friend, not, not, uh, not JJ. <laughs> I promise it's not JJ. Um, 
it's a cousin, second cousin. And he's loved the Steelers for a long time. Of course, he, like every Steelers fan, uh, he's a front runner. So uh, he's throwing a temper tantrum this year and he's not watching them because they're not going to win the Super Bowl. Anyway, I talked to him about the Mason Rudolph situation, which of course is my uh, ministry cover band. Uh, last week, again with Miles Garrett, you know, getting hit by the helmet and all. And uh, he kind of looked looked down for a minute and looked looked around to see if anybody was listening to our conversation, and then leaned toward me and he goes, "I wish you would have hit him harder." I said, that's not funny. That's that don't let's not make jokes about that. And he said, No, seriously, man, I'm I mean, it'd be it'd be good for the Steelers if uh if Duck, the uh backup quarterback, was uh was in the game instead of uh Mason Rudolph. I wish he would have hit him harder in the head, knocked him out for the season. I said, Do not joke about that. That is not funny. <laughs> I said you stop it. <laughs> stop making fun of Mason Rudolph getting hit in, in the head by his own helmet. Don't do that. And he said, no, but seriously, I, I, really, wanted, I really wanted him to get hit harder so he would just miss the rest of the year. I said, stop. You stop it right now. Anyway, he wouldn't stop. <laughs> I'm tilting. Jared Cook uh, has a 50-yard touchdown called back today. He also has a dropped touchdown from about 18 yards out from Drew Brees. Uh, so th that's you know, it makes me it makes me feel good. It brings good feelings to me personally that Jared Cook could have like I don't know 25 fantasy points at this point in the second quarter. End of the first quarter, and yet he doesn't. And yet he does not. I'm tilting. So 1.37 p.m. Eastern Time, and we are now at two Baker Mayfield touchdowns. That's two out of five. We are on, on J.J. Watch. Week 12, J.J. Watch. He called for five. We're at two. Here we go. Here we go. I'm tilting. We have Baker Mayfield touchdown number three. It's in play. Five is in play. Five is in play. Five is in play. Five is in play. It's uh, 4.04 Eastern time, and it does not appear that five is in play uh, anymore. I'm tilting. Thank you for listening to Live in the Stream. We hope you enjoyed the Internet Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes now. It won't take long, it's fast. For more fantasy football info, check out LakeGroundQB.com. Hope you come back soon as we share about the teams.